You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 312. That's right, on the show today, I am going to be chatting with Young Empress. But of course, before we do that, we have lots of awesome music to listen to. I've got a lot of letters to read today, and that's what we're going to do. we got to do birthdays, because I just realized we didn't do birthdays in the family show. So I was looking at the birthday list, and I was like, why do I have birthdays from like February 20th and stuff? And then I realized it's because we skipped a week. Anyway, let's listen to some music, okay? I got a cool one here from World Complete. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. You know what? We got a new patron this week, Mr. Dave Woolston in the $5 Club. He wrote a letter. He says, hey, Andy, I've been listening to all your shows and enjoying them profusely. LOL. I am contributing in hopes you continue this important work of yours. So thank you from Dave. Well, thank you, Dave. Thanks for your support. I hope you dig this. This is World Complete with Oxygen.
And that was Oxygen by World Complete. Yeah, from the album Star Pilot. And uh, that was Barat... Barat... That was Barat to you uh, by my awesome Patreon supporters, of course, the kings of the Pattersons. We got Mr. Chris Dance and Mr. Mike Shima, kings among men, and of course, mystery donor. So look, I know uh, we don't really talk about current world issues and political stuff on the show, and uh, we're not going to do that today. So I've said this before, but I know people need an escape. And honestly, so do I. You know, I don't just do this for you. I do it for me. I need an escape. And it's not because I don't care. Uh, In some ways, my mental well-being can be fragile. And when my environment around me is consistent and reasonable, things are fine. And when things are unpredictable and chaotic, I have to detach because I will be useless if I don't. And I also feel like it's unfair to the guests. Like, here, we're going to talk about some fucking heavy shit. Now here's an interview I recorded three months ago with guests who have no idea about the current geopolitical fuckstorm. Like, why are these idiots laughing? You know, because that's what people, if you listen to it, if I just did like a full hour at the top of the show, like just about how serious and shitty everything was, and then all of a sudden it just cuts to an interview with like people joking around and we're not even acknowledging what's going on because I record these interviews uh, months before, right? So there would just be a weird tonal shift that I think would just be really distracting. But the bottom line is, there's no way a living human being has not been impacted in some way by the last two years. And we're mentally and emotionally impacted from the constant stream of fucking shitty world events. And the point is, if you can afford the luxury of a break, take one. I know there's some people here who are probably allergic to the idea of a safe space, uh, in quotes, but uh, I do like to think of Beyond Synth as one, and it's mine just as much as it is all of you who listen. But, you know, if you ever need to reach out, you can always message me. Uh, I know there's some listeners who message me all the time. I mean, I can't guarantee I'll respond right away. Uh, but <laughs> but I will respond. Obviously, we know people in the community. I know people. I have supporters of the show who are either directly or indirectly affected by what's going on right now. And obviously, uh, my heart goes out to you. And my uh, pledge over here at Beyond Synth is that uh, while things are uh, chaotic and crazy, that... You have a safe space here to enjoy uh, listening to cool music and hear people uh, just talk about movies and dumb shit like that if you need a distraction. I used to honestly wonder the importance of that. It felt not important to me, like, because I would listen to podcasts or watch YouTube people who provide information, and in some ways I do find that calming and reassuring as well. People who actually research topics and know what they're talking about instead of just people who go out there to own everybody. And then there was this point where I thought, there's nothing important about making, like, a silly entertainment show, right? While there's other people out there doing the important work. But then I started to realize just how much I needed silly entertainment to get through my day. And then I thought, well, fuck, if I need it, you know, maybe there's other people out there. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. So, uh, look, let's get back to the show. I got a lot of mail to read today, like I said, and we're going to do that, and we're going to listen to cool music uh, and chat with Young Empress. So let's listen to another song. I got one here from Annie. That's with two N's and two E's. Uh, I think this one is produced by Von Herzog, who's been a guest on the show before. You know him. 
It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Kroner Club. We got Emil and Hampus ML and Tim Carlton, the Golden Boner, Mr. Cisco Hold Music. So I uh, hope you dig this. This is Annie with Hide the Sun.
And that was Annie with the track Hide the Sun. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, my semi-sonic friend, Jacob Wick. And then there's Brendan Decker with the 3389. And Retro Serenade with the 3333. And Mr. Magoo Samurai with the 33. And (laughs) that's what I'm going to do them from now on. Okay, so I got a lot of letters. So two weeks ago now, I put the question to the audience. And pretty much all of these letters are about that question. The question was, would you be interested as listeners in an episode or episodes of Beyond Synth where perhaps myself and a guest listen to music in the synthwave scene but be more critical obviously on this show i just like to play you things i enjoy but oftentimes people send me emails or they send me music and they kind of want me to give them advice and i don't do that (laughs) so (laughs) like my only thing is if i like your music i end up playing it on the show at some point that's pretty much the only thing i do i don't write people back and say like I think the fucking EQ is too loud, or whatever. (laughs) Which would be (laughs) some great advice. Could you imagine? Get an email back. The EQ is too loud? That's not even a fucking thing. (laughs) This guy guy hosts a music podcast? Listen, I just think the decibels are too wide, you know? You gotta really apply a noise wrap to that expander or something. You know, just say words I've read. Now, that being said, I think the first couple emails here actually don't have anything to do with that. Hold on. So I got one here from Normunch. Normunch? Normunch. Anyway, uh, this was just a message because I was going and cleaning my Instagram inbox, and so there was a few messages that I forgot to respond to. So he just said, Hey, cool bro in the community. First time I message you about your episode 300. I like the industrial vibe. Stay cheesy as always from Latvia. So thanks, Normunch. I hope I'm saying your... Of course I'm not saying your name right. What... <laughs> He wrote me that back in episode 300, so that's how long it's taken me to clean out my Instagram inbox. What is that, four months? Anyway, I got one here from Krizak Hatterak. Says, Andy, did you ever go back and let your dad listen to that episode with Le Cassette? Episode 238, where he made a guest appearance. That was a great episode. Yeah, I played him the the chat before... I aired it because I just wanted to make sure he was happy with how it sounded. If you all haven't heard that, you can go listen to episode 238 with Le Cassette because there was at one point where my dad walked in the room. I'm just like, <laughs> talk to Le Cassette for a minute. And uh, they had a funny conversation with him. My dad is like a talker. Like, I know you probably think I am, but I'm nothing compared to my dad. He's one of those people who just like walks up and just like strikes up conversations with strangers and then we'll just talk to them for like hours and he's always got like some story lined up so even when we like recorded that episode when I put the microphone in his face he just launched into this story about going to see this place in England that his mom used to work at or something it was just some st- <laughs> like it's like he already has had it ready to go he's like a tape deck where you just like hit play and then he goes he just goes off but uh, yes he did hear it then here's one from Guilherme Reichart. Guillaume? Is that how you say your name? Guillaume Reichardt? God, I'm terrible at these. <laughs> G-U-I-H-E-R-M-E. That's like Guillaume, right? Guillaume? 
God Christ. Anyway, he says, I just gotta say this. Your podcast made a huge impact on my routine. I love this new retro wave, and I feel like I've just found my place. Your content is great. I love the light way you approach the artists and the fun way in which the interviews develop. I'm still on episode three of Beyond Synth, and I will surely catch up in a few weeks. Thanks a lot for making this program. Greetings from Brazil. Well, you got a lot to listen to in the next few weeks, buddy. But if you can listen to 310 episodes in that time, then uh, congratulations to you. So I hope you have fun in Brazil, and I hope you enjoy this track from The Pyramid, which is uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like Hugh Hefner in the 2666 Club, along with Mr. Clint Dowling, the king of the $25 Club, and then there's a star apart, Alex Seligson, Blake Peterson, and Cargo Cult Luau. And this is The Pyramid with City Lights.
And that was The Pyramid with City Lights, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, like Eurobeat Intensifies, Honeybeard, Jimmy the Hut, Joey Richards, and Johnny Five. And I uh, hope you're all having a lovely day. Let's read some letters from people who are debating the question, should we do critical review shows or not? This one's from Heelside Hero, a.k.a. Chatterack says, uh, I like the idea of you reviewing music, maybe with Florence or Marco or somebody new. I remember on an older episode, somebody asked you what your favorite bands were, and I was surprised at your answer. You said you didn't play your favorite synthwave bands or mention the ones you liked the most. You then explained why, and I got it. Hurt feelings and all that could pop up, but I wish you would, because after that, you mentioned a few bands or songs, and I was blown away, and I listened to them all the time, to this day. In particular, Empathy Test. I think we want your favorite songs, Andy. There is a lot of subpar synthwave out there, and the good stuff should be pushed up. And maybe you are already doing that and not telling us. But if not, I think we all would like to hear your favorites. And it's okay if some parts of the scene aren't represented in that for an episode. Anyway, I like the idea of you reviewing stuff. Thanks for all you do, Andy. Cheddarag. So, when I say... I don't play my favorites. What I mean is part of the purpose of this show is to support synthwave and, uh, you know, indie electronic artists and synth pop and, you know, the stuff I like to play on the show. And one of the things is I don't like to play songs twice. I mean, I know I do occasionally, like, if I play a song I like and then I have the guest on, I'll play the song again, like, with the guest because it's like a showcase of their work. But that's something where I never wanted this show to be a radio show in that way where, like, every week... If I'm still listening to Laserhawk, that I'm going to play Laserhawk again. And so I just didn't want it to become that kind of a show where every week I'm just playing like Laserhawk and Droid Bishop and FM84. You know, like I could do a show like that, but I don't want to. Like, and honestly, I would like to be playing at least three new artists in every show. And usually the shows start with five to seven tracks before we do the artist interview. And that is part of the importance for me as well, like to shine a light on people you haven't heard because you know Laserhawk's awesome. So, like, if you want to know, yes. Like, when I played uh, a few weeks ago that track, that Laserhawk track that I love, Lawless. Yeah, like, if you want to know, I've been playing that song on the loop over here. But I'm not going to play it again (laughs) on the show because that would be strange. Like, this isn't like a, a top 10 hits show. So I do need you to understand, like, I like the music I play on the show. But I don't ever, like, play something that I think is bad to showcase a new artist, if that makes sense. But maybe one of these days I will just fucking give in and just make, like, a Spotify playlist. Because I did make this crazy playlist because I was going to do, like, a a Grand Theft Auto radio station. And so I put together, like, a three-hour playlist of my favorite synth-pop, synth-wave tracks. And uh, and it's a great playlist. But even then, I was I was going. I only wanted one track from each artist, and that became tricky. It was like trying to keep the right energy, you know? Because there's some artists like you brought up, like Empathy Test, who are really good. But if you're putting together like a fun synth pop playlist, I wouldn't throw an Empathy Test track in there. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. Just treat the songs I play at the beginning of the show like 
as if you're my buddy and we're driving in the car and I brought like a mix CD and I'm like, hey man, you might dig some of these. I made you a little mix CD of like six tracks and you know, you might not like all of them, but hey, like maybe one or two of these tracks you're going to really dig. And then that might be different for different people depending on who's listening. So that's kind of the way I think about it. Anyway, you're a cool guy, Chatterack. Let's listen to another song. I got one here from SA20 and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club. We got Kempson, Ken Giroux, Neverman, Restless Nights, Robot Conglomerate, and Sir Micathy. And uh, and this was a fun one. Someone brought up Basement Jacks the other day, and then I was listening to this track by SA20, and it's just got that fun, like, electro kind of vibe that I dig, and uh, whatever, man. Check it out. This is uh, SA20 with So Now You Tell Me.
And that was So Now You Tell Me by S.A. 20 from the album Pitch. And uh, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club like Slade and Techno Ben. And of course, with the 2049, it's Forged in Neon. With the 20, it's Joshua Winter and Chatterack. And then in the, uh, the 1988 club, we got Waylon Kasky Geospatial. So let's read another letter here. This one's from Techno Ben. Hey, we just announced your name. How about that? He says... Hey, Andy, I wanted to respond to a question from the last episode where you talked about occasionally doing critique episodes. I think this is a great idea. I understand and appreciate you creating a positive community towards the synthwave scene and not wanting to crap all the time on beginning artists. However, I think having an occasional episode where you bring on other artists to give constructive criticisms of artists who would want it would be a great additional way to improve and grow the synthwave community. And that's from Techno Ben. And then we uh, we got one here from Rauer. He says, re-latest episode. I love that the show is just cool music and never goes beyond that. I don't benefit from someone else's breakdown of what they feel is bad music. Play what you think is cool. We'll enjoy it. Or not. Whatever. Not the point. Well, family show breaking down 90s music is a completely different thing. It ain't synth. However, I'd vote my least favorite aspect of the 90s retrospectives is repeating the 80s versus 90s argument and getting overly heated about that. I fear any sort of synth breakdown or whatever would play out in a similar fashion. I get what you're saying. I think, though, a critique episode wouldn't quite play out the same way as our family shows of the 90s because a lot of when I complain about 90s billboard hits is there was just something about the mainstream culture at the time musically that really frustrates me. So it's not just that I don't like the songs. It's like I'm railing against the whole time. And it's funny because, you know, obviously there's people who were the complete opposite, right? So there was people who were tired of the spandex and the synthesizers, and so they started making music where there was no synthesizers, and it's all grungy guitars and hardcore and all this stuff, and people not having a good time and frowning and wearing plaid shirts and shit. But when I talk about doing a critique with other artists, those episodes would be probably more technical. Like, if someone sent in a song that sucked... Like, I wouldn't say the same thing of an up-and-coming, you know, indie synth producer that I would the way that I complain about Mariah Carey, right? Because there's fucking millions of dollars put behind that shit. And so when it comes out and it sucks, it's really frustrating. So, like, I have sympathy for people who, you know, maybe there's just something about music production they don't quite grasp yet or something. So it, would, it wouldn't be cruel. That was never the intention. It's not like American Idol where we listen to a song and go, well, that sucks. Next. Since I don't ever tell people why I don't play their music, I just play it or I don't. I, I do believe there are artists out there who kind of want an answer. Now, again... <laughs> It's up for debate whether they actually do, but, you know, there are some artists who they send me music and I don't play it, and there is part of me that where I would just love to say, look, I'm going to be honest with you, the vocals aren't good. You know what I mean? But then that might hurt their feelings, right? So, again, that's why we're having this discussion, all right? Not everything is black and white. Don't believe all these stupid videos you watch on the internet about everything being one way or the other way. The world is a very complicated place, and every single thing that goes on in this place, even if it's as simple as going to get a sandwich, is a way more complicated affair than you could ever believe. All that really matters is love. Uh, I gotta... Uh, get- <laughs> 
I got a quick one here from Echo Vector X. Says there's so much good music in this scene that you already don't get a chance to play on Beyond Synth due to time restrictions that it seems like a critique show would take away from that even further. Sounds like a separate show entirely, like unbeyond synth. Is that what you meant? <laughs> good point. There's already so many tracks in my playlist that I'm like months and months behind on playing them on this show that if we took another episode to just focus on music that wasn't good, it might seem like a waste of time. So anyway, it's all food for thought. Uh, look, let's listen to another track. It's uh, going to be brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the 1986 club. It's Toots. In the 1985 club, it's the Buchelman twins, Sarah and Rachel. With the 1555, it's Gene Creamer Private Eye. And then there's Mads Baron Christensen, and we will never forget the immortal Chrysalia Lane. And, uh, well, speaking of Echo Vector X, he just wrote me a letter, so let's play one of the tracks, okay? This is Echo Vector X with Breathe. Vector X. 
And that was brought to you by my awesome PayPals, like Upgrade Jimpy, the king of the PayPals, and the Silver Bruce, Ross Bruce, the guy. <laughs> and then there's Alex Lightspeed, Austin Whetstone, Jimmy Groon, the Ross Conian, Brandon Morin, Digital Dreams, and Gustav Velichek. There's more. I'll read them later. I got another letter here on the topic of doing uh, critique shows. This one's from Artificial. It says, I think despite what some people say, they will get defensive when people dig into their music. There are plenty of reality shows that prove this concept. And you are probably absolutely right. I do feel like the, the idea of this could be useful. But you're correct. I mean, sometimes people say they want advice and they don't. I think sometimes people have an idea of what their shortcomings are, and so that's what they want you to talk about. They want you to verify and validate their own sentiments, and so if you came at them with something they weren't expecting, like if I made music and I'm sitting there going, okay, I know my vocals aren't great, so if I ask somebody some advice, they're going to say, ah, you know, hey, maybe these vocals need some work, but then if you know, I give them the song to listen to, and then they're like, yeah, this mix is like super muddy, and the synths sound cheap or something, and I wasn't expecting that, I'm going to be like, oh, you know, you know. Uh, this one's from Prophet of Jupiter. It says, honestly, Andy, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You are the conduit for a lot of great music to people who may not otherwise hear it. I'd say keep that as the focus of your show. And then Doc Ox chimed in. Oh, this must have been on my Discord. And he said, agreed with the above sentiments. I think a review show associated with Beyond Synth would be very cool. But I think your current policy at Beyond Synth towards reviewing is a good one. And you don't want to put your role as a general scene promoter at risk. You're right. Then someone will stab me in the back and take my job. Monkey Magic says, agree with the other peeps. Don't get into reviewing people's music or submissions. It's not a path to a good place. Keep on promoting things you like and discover. And then he gives some advice. He says, as someone who daily has to give and receive feedback in my job to people who get defensive quickly, if someone says, can I get feedback? Always respond with, what type of feedback are you looking for? Whatever you think they want to hear, it will be different to what they think you will say and immediately make them defensive or hurt their feelings. Also remember, everyone is at a different skill level at many things. If you are skilled at something, you can see fault where they don't, which can undermine their confidence. Instead, getting them to contextualize their thoughts by asking what they are looking for first means you can be brief and to the point when you respond. This also helps the person receiving the feedback to be better mentally prepared to receive what you are about to say and focus on something specific they aren't sure on or want to address without being critical of the whole creative thing and not understanding the context of why things are the way they are. What a very thoughtful answer. That's monkey magics. Thoughtful guy? Let's listen to another song. I want to listen to this one from Nakatomi Freefall. From the album Twilight Radio Show, brought to you by my awesome PayPals. Did I say Brandon Morin already? And Digital Dreams, and Gustav Velichek, Dan Williams, Adrian Lawrence, Russell Nyes, Timothy Warwick, Christian Alexander, and Jersey. Thank you so much for supporting the show, of course. Besides being able to support the show at patreon.com slash beyondsynth, you can also support the show through PayPal by either going to beyondsynth.com and clicking on the PayPal donation donate button or there is also a paypal me address in the show notes so let's listen to this this is nakatomi freefall with cloud burst over route 99 
And that was Cloudburst over Route 99 by Nakatomi Freefall. Notice how I said it differently? I say Nakatomi and Nakatomi. Which one's correct? Who knows? Uh, But the point is, that's a cool song. Kind of had like a Tangerine Dream kind of vibe to it. So I dug that. So let's, uh, we got one more letter here, and then I guess we'll do birthdays, right? This last one here is from Fuzzy Saber, who says, Hi, Andy. I think your show does it right. Play what you feel is good music and be positive about it. When I'm on SoundCloud, I let it use my likes to keep me grinding through a continuous playlist for me. If I like it, I like it. If I don't, I skip the track. There's enough negativity and criticism out there already, and music is subjective. So people who are music critics are often not very talented themselves and therefore take out their frustration on others out of almost a form of jealousy. You are doing your show exactly the way you do it. It's a great show. It's why we listen. Cheers! From Fuzzy Saber. Well, thank you, Fuzzy Saber. This is why it's tricky asking the audience for advice (laughs) I remember one time I sent out a survey to my patrons and that's exactly what happened I would literally get I like this new feature a lot and then the next comment would be I don't like this new feature and uh, I would just look at these two comments like well what the fuck did I ask you people for (laughs) so at the end of the day I just do the show that I do You can take it or leave it, you motherfuckers. All right, let's do birthdays. (laughs) And of course, today's birthdays are brought to you by my favorite YouTube ad, the ad for ArtGrid.io. To be clear, the birthday segment is not brought to you by ArtGrid.io, but brought to you by the ad for ArtGrid.io with my favorite spokesperson, the millionaire video editor who creates high-end ads using stock footage. Let me show you how to create an amazing ad using stock footage. Hey, it was Mizu Cat's birthday on February 20th. Mizu Cat's a talented artist. You should go check out her Instagram. She's also been on the show before. Happy birthday, Mizu Cat. Hope you're doing all right over there. Seemed fine. She's always up to painting something and doing cool stuff. And you know who else's birthday it was on February the 25th? It was Florence's birthday. That's right. Glitbiter. Florence from the family show. You know Florence. She's cool. It was her birthday. And it's late for me announcing it on this show, and I was a few days late in telling her personally. Because <laughs> I'm a great friend. Anyway, happy birthday, Florence. I hope you had a good one. Getting wasted over there. And we'll be talking to you again on the next family show when we review the hits of 1995. Another great year of hits. <laughs> Fuck, the 90s sucks. And also on February 25th, the same birthday as Florence, is Lucas Pirkel. Lucas Pirkel. The coolest Pirkel in town. (laughs) The coolest Pirkel in town. That's what I got for you, man. We actually have a few more birthdays, but I want to listen to another song, and then maybe we'll finish off the birthdays, and then we'll go chat with uh, Young Empress. All right, so uh, here's a cool one. From Conrad Selinski. Do you say Selinski? I'm going to say Selinski. Sometimes these names, the C is pronounced like a ch sound. Uh, and it's a cool track. It's, uh, it's uh, brought to you by the artgrid.io ad. <laughs> anyway, I hope you dig this. This is Cruising by Conrad Selinski.
right, that was Cruising by Conrad Solinsky. That's a cool one. We had a nice mix this week, eh? There's like some kind of classic synth-wavy sounding tunes, some electro stuff, some synth pop, some kind of tangerine dreamy sort of stuff, all sorts of things. It's been a blast. Uh, We have a few more birthdays here. Birthdays brought to you by (laughs) ArtGrid.io. Let me show you how to create an amazing ad using stock footage. I don't know why it makes me laugh. This is like my new favorite sound drop. Uh, Knight of Ducks had his birthday on February 28th. Happy birthday, Knight of Ducks. Awesome patron extraordinaire. I hope you had a delightful birthday on February 28th and bought yourself something nice, ate some cake, did the stuff that you need to do on March 6th. It's Betamax's birthday. I think he was taking a social media hiatus. Happy birthday, Mr. Betamax. Actually, he's got a new track out with Vandal Moon, so go check that out. They did another collab together, Vandal Moon and Betamax. And then on March 7th, we got a happy birthday to awesome patron, Kyle, a.k.a. Waylon Kasky Geospatial. You're a cool guy, and I hope you have an awesome birthday this upcoming March seventh and thank you so much for supporting the show you're all very cool and that's the bottom line so look all right i hope everyone's having a, a lovely day and uh now we are gonna chat with young empress Well, I am here right now with the young empress. How's it going? It's going very well. It's going. Perfect. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you. So you two are Robin and Bex. Is that correct? That is. Yes. Officially. And we've just established before we started recording that Bex is short for Rebecca. Yeah. So if I'm in trouble, just use, use my full name at any point. <laughs> well, Bex is cool. It's kind of like uh, got like a sci-fi thing going. Oh, okay. I can get on board with that. <laughs> Have you always been Bex? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, maybe not from birth, but as I sort of grew into my, <laughs> grew I mean, into my name. You go by quite a lot of names from me, but well, they're, they're probably not best repeated. Right. No, we can't tell everybody those. What's your connection then, the two of you? Well, this, this is always up for discussion because we've both got the same surname. And we've spent a lot of time together. I call him uh, Robin, my brother, husband. <laughs> it could be he's my he's my husband and my brother. Um, but he's not. He's, he's just... <laughs> it's, it's essentially like the white stripes. Nobody knows our relationship. Knows. Not even us, to be honest. But no, no, we, we we're just we're best friends. We're buds. He's my mate. My mate. <laughs> Wait a second. So. You guys have the same last name, and that's just a coincidence? Yeah, Correct, yeah. yeah. Um, just a happy coincidence. We wish it was more exciting. I mean, we can pretend if you want. Oh, that's why I was confused, because on Bandcamp, where it lists the artist credit, yeah. it said R. Davis twice, and I thought that was a typo. We're very fully aware that <laughs> this is very confusing for most people, Okay, and we make it hard. But yeah, so our surname's both Davis, so we both have the same initial and surname, so... On uh, any of our credits, it's R. Davis and, and R. Davis. Davis. <laughs> right, okay. Did you guys meet because you were like next in line for a thing and go like, oh, next yeah. up in line is R. Davis? <laughs> and then like both of you walked up and like, what the fuck? That's it. It was, it was just it was a register gone wrong. Just- no, so we. Uh, I put an advert out on uh, about 12, 13 years ago yeah. on uh, what seems sordid, but it was a um, 
like a join my band website that basically just asked for people to come and meet and rehearse and then she turned up and that was it the and rest that was all, that's all he got and now he's stuck with me and I got stuck with it for 13, <laughs> 13 years. years later it didn't mention that in the ad like a need bandmate must have same name I know that was very specific I'll put that in there <laughs> okay. I was like this is the ad for me yeah this is mine <laughs> here I go wait so you guys have been making music for that long uh, uh, in many guises yeah, yeah under sort of other little pseudonyms and stuff yeah um other bands we've been in before we've just been doing different things and then we've all of a sudden it's come full circle to where we are now but yeah it's been a long time i don't know if we've got any better um we've been practicing for that long we've got older <laughs> wiser <laughs> i would say wiser but we're just going to stay with older but no we um the synthwave thing has just been for a few years and we always knew we wanted to write music that would appear in our favorite sort of 80s films and didn't really know what synthwave was as a scene kind of Still found it in it, really. a happy place and realized that this is where we belong we found our people so to be clear i do no research i love that which is fun because then i get to learn as we go it also means that i really i mean all the songs i've picked today are all like young empress tracks right i don't have any of your your pop punk or whatever the hell you were doing 13 years ago (laughs) what were you doing 13 years ago it was always kind of like it was a bit sort of rock pop it was always synthy, like more. I kind of. It was know. a bit heavier, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, a bit heavier than what we're doing now. Less dreamy, definitely less sexy. But you know, it worked for a time, and we had a good, we had a jolly good time. And now here we are. <laughs> Were you guys always Young Empress, or you said you had different pseudonyms? No, no, we were under other other, other names, basically, with bands, with other musicians, um, ah. and then slowly across the years, it's it's come down to just me and me and Robin because of the surname. Really, we had to get rid of everyone else because they uh, didn't have the same name. <laughs> wait a second. So, wait. So, is Young Empress then the first iteration of just the two of you? Yes. yes. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Good. Okay. Well. Okay. Cool. So then uh, we'll we'll disregard all this past nonsense. All right. We're 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 here. We're looking to the future. You know, that's the whole point of this show: onwards and upwards. Exactly that. Yeah. Well, were they, they were good experiences, though. Did you part company with your former bandmates on good terms? Yeah, yeah. of course. We 100%. we still speak with them now, and we we went on tours. We played a lot of shows, had some lovely memories, um, but then kind of decided that we wanted to go down this route a little bit more and explore the the wonderful world of synthwave. Hmm. Did you decide to start a new musical thing with just the two of you before you had discovered synthwave or after? Um, no, well, we were, we've kind of always been writing this style of music on and off in the background because some things we could never bring to the table with our other bands. They didn't suit the genre we were, we were touring around at the time. So um, me and Rob often used to write little tracks on our own. It's kind of like, it sounds like we're cheating, like we were cheating on our old bandmates, but that's not how mm. <laughs> sordid as it sounds. But yeah, we've always kind of done this. We just didn't realise it had its own little category. And then when we decided to make this into a bit of a two-piece, a side project that kind of just spiralled out of control a little bit you know not naively thinking we're the only ones that were doing it obviously but we then found this little community and went ah shit Uh, this is these are are our people Mm. so yeah it was a happy little finding we stumbled upon it quite happily and they embraced us with loving arms open and wide they caressed us like natural yoghurt Is this a figure of speech? Uh, no idea. No, I just made it up off the top of my head. I wish I, wish I hadn't have said it, to be honest. No. What, you, what you'll soon realise is we're, we're idiots as well. 
<laughs> hey man, then we're all we're all kindred spirits. Okay, what what were the previous band names? Is that does that music still exist? Is it up someplace? Yeah, it's out there, but whether you want to go find it is an, is another thing. It's songs of the past buried deep in the the depths of our our musical history. If you want to go out and find there, then find it then. Yeah, it still it still exists online. We've had a couple of bands previously that we've been in that we you know we spent a lot of time, like Robin said, touring around and writing music for, putting stuff um, out for the the public to have a listen to. But yeah, this is like our main thing now. We're a, I say we're solo into we're a synthwave duo, as it says mm. in our bio. Well, that's nice. <laughs> I mean, a lot a lot of the people on this scene are just you know like a dude and a laptop, you know. Yeah. So it's always nice when you can go out with a partner, you know. Yeah, it's. I think we we kind of approached the synthwave genre in a, in a slightly different way, like I said, because we've come from bands and doing that whole band thing with multiple members, and we were writing this without realizing what we were writing as such we were just doing our own thing and i can write music but i'm horrific with lyrics and horrific with vocal melodies bex can write music and and do the vocal melodies and lyrics so i'm kind of the one that's tagging along a little bit but But i'm horrendous at technology like i can work a phone and you know make a call but like in terms of the actual recording of music i'm not an engineer or anything i produce from the sidelines so that's why i needed robin and he needs me so we can never leave each other well this is all very sweet (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about this? Let's listen to a song. All right. I want to listen to the track Lost Time. Nice. Because it's cool. (laughs) And then we'll be back and then we'll we'll talk some more. So this is uh, Lost Time by Young Empress.
And that was Lost Time by Young Empress. And I'm here right now with Young Empress, Robin and Bex, talking about the past and uh, reliving the glory days. Wait, so when you were working with different bands, you two always came as a pair and then like there was other different members that were sort of involved in the different groups? Yeah, we were a bit like Fleetwood Mac. We were like Lindsay (laughs) Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks that one couldn't exist without the other. That's a really bold claim compared to Fleetwood Mac. It's not like that. I'll I'll do a less bold claim. We were like John Lennon and Paul McCartney. That's even worse. We've got to play this down a little bit. We're aiming too high. Did you watch that, uh, the Beatles uh, documentary thing? On It's on my wish list. I'm a, we're both big Beatles fans. Yeah, and, we've got to know. get around to it. It looks awesome. I only watched the first part. And it's really good because it's just like fly on the wall stuff. Like there's no real narration or anything. They just show you footage and like dub the audio in and stuff. Mm. But my personal favorite moment was just this little moment where <laughs> Paul McCartney shows up and he has a beard. <laughs> and then there's this moment where like George Harrison like comments on it. It's just like, yeah, the beard suits you, man. <laughs> And it's just, that, was like, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. That happens regularly with Beck. She'll just turn up with a beard, and I'm like, yeah, yeah Beck's beard looks great. I'm like, I oh, know. You don't have to tell me. I'm aware. When you're writing lyrics for Young Empress, what's the kind of tone? Like, where do these ideas come from? Do you write poems and then go, I'm going to put this to music? Or do you listen to some grooves and start saying stuff? It all comes from films, to be fair. we When we first started writing this stuff, we were putting on uh, films in the background on mute in our little studio space and just sort of playing chords and things along to the tracks, kind of almost trying to make little soundtracks. And then because we'd done that, we'd get so like engrossed in watching the films. I mean, we put Lost Boys on once in the background and we, we got so tied up in watching the film that we were forgetting about the music for a bit. And that's kind of where it all started. I started then coining lyrics, not necessarily about the film, but inspired by, I suppose. And then it became a thing. Like every time we were like, oh, what film have you been watching? this week Rob and he'd tell me what he'd watched or oh, what's your favourite sci-fi from the 80s and we'd, we'd talk about it for a bit and then from that films would start um, influencing the lyrics so yeah they're all so far every track on the album bar one or two uh, they're all started with the root of a film so does it ever get awkward when you walk in and go like hey like what movies have you been watching Robin and he just like throws on a porn <laughs> Yeah, yeah Every I mean, day. they're a bit more breathy when I sing those ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they've got a, a bit, a bit of a, you know, a greater pace to them. But, um. but in, are these all based on uh, what Robin's been watching? <laughs> oh, no, or do, no, do, no. You all, do you all come in with like a list? Not just, not, no, not, not just Rob, just whatever we've spoken <laughs> about that day. Because we, we watch a lot of films. But yeah, if, there was, if he turned around to me and said that he'd watched something and I thought it was horrendous, I'd be like, no, that's not, that's not going to be a song today, babe. <laughs> Robin, when did you start making tunes I started really writing music um, when I was about 15, 16 picked up a guitar thought I was cool couldn't play it for shit and then started jumping in bands at college and stuff and then met this one Bex and like I said we started writing together then and I think with the bands that we've been in and everything that we've done previously the kind of ideas have always usually stemmed from me and Bex kind of as a concept whether it's a, a, a little chord sequence whether it's a, a full fully fledged track that we've taken to the guys but yeah we always kind of sit there tinkering around and 90% of the time one of us will come to the studio with some sort of idea and that'll flesh out really really quickly because we've learned to disagree very quickly as well if we don't like something yeah we've because there's just the two of us when you're in 
in bands, obviously you've got a lot of people to please and you've got a lot of different opinions flying in the mix. So it's nice when it's just the two of us sometimes because we've learned how to argue quickly and I know kind of what Robin's thinking and what he's going to say. And likewise for me, so you kind of second guess each other a little bit, um, which makes the writing process quite interesting and quite easy. Sometimes we're quite lucky, really, I suppose. So would you say then that your musical progression is sort of tied to each other? Like, were you doing much music before you guys sort of joined up and became a unit? Or is a lot of the progression really been once you guys connected? I would say it's like an upward curve very quickly. I would, like I said, I was in college bands really just making noise not really doing a lot not really having an idea but I knew that I, I loved music and I wanted to make it um, Bex she's very very talented pianist and, uh, and like I said she kind of joined the band with me not wanting to do vocals and realised that she was a lot better than me on, on vocals so I think the moment we started and we realised that we had this connection and we could, could kind of bounce off each other quickly the songwriting process and the way that we worked just progressed very quickly, didn't it? Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> so then what were you doing before, Bex? Um, nothing musically. I mean, I'd, I, I was saying I was sort of um, at college and I went off to uni and I studied drama. So I did a lot of sort of solo singing and performances, but nothing in terms of bands, touring. I'd never played a gig until I met Rob. I didn't necessarily think I was a, a singer. It's I still say that now when people say like, oh, you're the singer, you're the vocalist. It's like, no, not really. It just happened sort of accidentally. I went into Rob's first band um, that we were in together to play keys, to play some synths for him and then put a few harmonies down in the background and then slowly just sort of came to the forefront. Even though I sort of hate this term of like, oh, female-fronted bands, that's kind of how we were coined in the old days so I like now that it's a duo and we're kind of alongside each other Rob plays himself down as well he does vocals and he can sing so it's a joint effort but yeah nothing nothing official before it's only since you know finding Rob obviously that ad going out and calling my name a little bit that we just kind of progressed from there and now here we are happy days but if you were going to school and doing like drama and stuff what made you answer that ad well obviously my name was on it so I had to go (laughs) (laughs) I don't know like I I just I wanted something creative to do I think after university I'd fallen into the trap of like oh no I'm in a sales job I'm in a call centre like I'm not I'm not treading the boards I'm not famous help it was like I'd I'd got this idea of I was going to go into acting and directing and writing and stuff like that and I just needed to scratch an itch I suppose and found this ad online and then I thought yeah maybe I'll do something musically just go and put some you know tinker around with somebody and see what happens just for a bit of fun but it didn't snowballed quite quickly to you know what we were doing with our previous bands so yeah I don't know you get a bit addicted to it after then. Well, you know what else? I'm ad- well. I was trying to do a segue here. You know what I'm addicted to is great music. <laughs> so how about we listen to this track? So obviously this is all from your album that came out, although it was made up of a bunch of singles that you had been like uh, peppering <laughs> into the ether uh, since you sort of showed up as Young Empress. They're all good and fun, and there's some fun collabs on here. So I want to play one of those, the one you did with Sunglasses Kid. Uh, it's called The Boys. And uh, let's uh, listen to that.
And that was The Boys by Young Empress with Sunglasses Kid. And I am here right now with Young Empress, Robin and Bex, just talking about the old days and drama school and um, some other stuff. (laughs) So you put this album out on Aztec Records, right? So when did you guys make that connection? This is all Robin's fault because... If I do most of the sort of social media and the uh, emails and the interactions with folks, um, keep things ticking over while he's busy doing like production stuff, uh, writing tracks, mixing, and also doing a lot of our design work, which I, I couldn't do. Um, he's great at doing that and keeping that going for us. So occasionally when I'm not watching social media and I'm sleeping in bed like a normal person, Robin will ping his eyes open at three o'clock in the morning and go, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to message so-and-so. I'm going to, you know, like this, this tweet. And I'm going to, he starts interacting with people like the little puppy dog that he is, bless him. But it pays off because (laughs) one of the messages he fired out in the middle of the night while I was resting my eyes was to Aztec and just went, hey, hi, I've been listening to some of your artists. I think your roster's really cool. We love the people that are on it. And they they replied and just said, oh, okay, we haven't heard of you guys before. Let's have a chat. And it was literally that quick. Um, We jumped on a call with them within a couple of days, had a good natter to to the guys on the label. And yeah, we just clicked, I think. They're they're good people. They've got fantastic artists that we've been fortunate enough to work with a few and, you know, do some collaborations with across the last few months. And yeah, we're just really pleased to be working with them. They've, They've done a lot for us and they've opened some doors to things that we couldn't have done if we were doing this on our own. So we're grateful for the opportunity to work with them. It's it's been a a real blast so far. So were they facilitating the connections for the collaborations? Yeah, pretty much. They they encourage it between their artists to get to know each other and where there are connections within the music that we think would complement, you know, one artist to another. They they sort of point you in the right direction and they never pressurise anything like that. They just sort of bring forth these these conversations like, oh, how you should think about talking to so-and-so or this person's got a single coming out or you know how would you feel about remixing this and they just lead us in the right direction and because of that we've then agreed to some tracks that we've collaborated on so far and things that we've got coming out in the future with artists that we've grown to love which we wouldn't have obviously um, met if it hadn't have been for Aztec so yeah they sort of facilitate that for us definitely. This might be a weird question because you two seem like a pretty like tight-knit unit does that affect your relationships? Like, do you ever get, like, boyfriends or girlfriends that go, like, why are you spending so much time with this person? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, but I think our partners have been very understanding for the, for, the, for the amount of time we've been together. I think we've been with our partners for just slightly longer than me and Robin have known each other, so I think that's all ah, they've known. Okay, okay, okay. So, like, yeah, yeah. They, they know that we sort of come as a pair, and they'll never tear us apart. We've right. said this. <laughs> all right, that makes sense. I, I could see it being, like, wreaking havoc on, like, a new relationship. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you go to date a new lady and then all of a sudden they're just like why the who's this uh, this person here you're always spending time with and getting all jealous and stuff (laughs) no it's never really been like that uh you know they're really understanding and yeah i mean we do get really weird with each other sometimes you know but it's not like we're here snuggling i mean we have snuggled (laughs) we can you know (laughs) i'm not gonna say we've never um But yeah, it's mainly just writing music and it's as, as, you know, as boring as that to them, really. And it gets cold in England sometimes. I'm in Canada, so I know all about snuggling with my friends. (laughs) Although, to be fair, fucking COVID is like, I haven't seen a lot of them in a long time. Yeah, you can do one now, can't it? I've had COVID. (laughs) COVID can go. But this was pre-COVID. I mean, there was a time during COVID where we, we literally had to 
had to distance from each other. So we were writing in separate studios and recording things in our own homes and sending it to each other just so we can keep things ticking along. So even COVID separated us, yeah. you know, early doors. Um, we had to stay away, but... COVID was that new relationship that didn't really like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned to love it. It's great. <laughs> Although I, I will say... Uh, I do enjoy how people make a lot of space along the sidewalks now. I've been saying this on the show. It's one of my favorite things. Like, when I walk down the street on the sidewalk, I've always been the kind of person who sort of, like, moves aside to give people space. And now, ever since COVID, everyone's doing it. <laughs> so it's nice. I don't feel, like, rude anymore. Like, whenever I'm coming, people, like, move out of my way. And I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. I'm also antisocial. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm the same. So in the middle of COVID, I decided to move into the countryside. So I have, I have very little... People people around me uh, and my neighbors are cows nice. so it's brilliant so i don't really have to speak with people do they move out of the way no they're really ignorant yeah <laughs> sorry i should have said do they move out of the oh, way very good very yeah, good i should have said that but i didn't but anyway the point is this <laughs> that whole section is going to get deleted <laughs> so- <laughs> Do you prefer the the writing experience of sort of jamming together in the same room? Like, is that an important part of the the creative juice? To an extent, I think because Robin's a guitarist and because I'm a pianist, I think naturally we go to our instruments first. It's very rare that I come up with lyrics before there's music. If anything, the music inspires the lyrics. So we tend to pick up an instrument, whatever's closest, and start jamming things out. But that could be Rob on his own, me on my own, and then we bring it centrally together into the studio that we've got here and start putting it down on the old computer. We've got like a backlog, haven't we, of about 20 or 30 just 20-second ideas. Yeah, riffs and um, little chord progressions and things like that that we just wait into it feels to like, evolve like a little musical Pokemon. <laughs> it feels like sometimes we should just kind of pick the songs out of a hat, like the ideas, and just go with it. Because like everything, when you've got so many little ideas or little concepts, they get put aside and you forget about them and then two years later you'll look at it and go oh shit that's a really good that's you know that's got real potential so uh yeah we're forever writing and i don't think that'll change anytime soon well you just got to make sure you have the right movie playing in the background that's it yeah. yeah definitely you never watch the same one twice though right does that screw things up or do you like watch a scene on loop if it's like well we already watched blade runner but how about we like loop the ending when he's like squishing that dude's eyeballs and maybe we'll come up with a, <laughs> a new song or something well we we did have an album that we were going to release prior uh, a few years back but it was the same song over and over again because we uh, there was a period where i was just watching ghostbusters <laughs> <laughs> no we can't do that it would ruin the system it'd be like inception it's like a movie within a movie within a movie and we just yeah it had folded on itself and collapse yeah man but you don't know until you try <laughs> that's the fun part about art man the experimentation it's groovy you know what i mean you smoke <laughs> one of them marijuana cigarettes i've been hearing about <laughs> get yourself in the zone and Okay, Same. fine, we'll do it. It's, yeah. You've convinced us. <laughs> peer pressure. Peer pressure, yeah, that's it. We folded. It's just as easy as that. You just have to tell people to smoke a marijuana cigarette, then off they go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, for us, uh, with the film reference, even even the name comes from the film reference. We did want to be called Childlike Empress from Never Ended Story, but unfortunately that was already taken so that's where young empress came we from. adapted it so when you watched that movie when you were younger did it empower you to read no it made me want to get a horse and a, <laughs> and a leather vest to be honest and just ride <laughs> off through the desert <laughs> yeah it, it made me get really upset about horses for a while um, <laughs> wanted to avoid like quicksand if anything uh, <laughs> i wanted to get a flying dog as well but that never happened so. is it a dog 
Fine, it's a dog. It's a hairy dragon. Yeah, I mean, it's a dog snake type thing. Snake. <laughs> but no, he did. He, well, this guy is really long and weird. Mm. I think, if anything, it, it kind of made, made me really love film and music. I mean, like I said, we're have heavily influenced by 80s, 80s films and soundtracks. And, you know, fundamentally, I think that's where we're always trying to hit, aren't we? We're always trying to write that song that you would expect to hear yeah. in your favourite childhood film. Yeah, just chasing that sound a little bit, I suppose. I always felt like NeverEnding Story was trying to trick me into thinking reading was exciting. Because <laughs> the kid gets, like, so into reading, you know, and he's, like, yelling at the book and stuff, and I'm like, it's not like this. <laughs> no, no, no one ever shouts at a book. No. <laughs> <laughs> we just burn them over here. That's what we do. <laughs> That's, yeah. Just to keep warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, look. Well, how about this? Let's listen to another song. All right, I want to listen to this one. It's called "Ghosts," and it's uh, it's by Young Empress.
Night, and that was Ghosts by Young Empress. And I'm here right now with Young Empress, Bex and Robin, the dynamic duo, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so... (laughs) (laughs) We've been known as worse. You make it so believable. (laughs) I need to sell this stuff to the audience, you know, so this whole show is a performance. I don't even like music. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, I don't even like you. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Get out. Get in the bin. I just do this to pick up chicks, you know, when I walk around and go, you know what, I love Synthwave, and then all of a sudden ladies just come, like, flying out of, like, every door to come meet me, you know, and uh, it's all very exciting, so that's why I do it. Why? do you do it? For exactly the same reason that were the ladies. <laughs> well, it's a good reason. <laughs> we, we just have this love for sort of that nostalgic 80s. It's also cliche. It's like it the same thing that everybody else probably says when they come and chat to you. It's like, we love, we love films. We love the 80s. We love the Midnight Man. They're so cool. So it's like you get conscious of like saying the same things round and round, but it's true. Yeah, that is true. Because cut us. We, we bleed synthwave. <laughs> yeah. Well, then let's do... Uh... Let's do a top five, man. Robin, you go first. Top five 80s movies. Top five 80s movies. Yeah. Oh, In no particular right. order. No, no <laughs> order. I don't want to make it hard. Can I have sort of trilogies uh, as one? Yes. So Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Goonies, probably Never Ending Story. And then you're probably looking, it slightly goes, well, it does go into the 90s. If Am I allowed a 190s film? You can do whatever you want, man. You make the rules. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> All right, I agree with some of that <laughs> list. How about you, Bex? What's yours? I'm probably more more sort of romantical, I think. I like The Breakfast Club, Dead Poets Society. Um, I do love Never Ending Story. I like Gremlins. Got a love of Gremlin. Um, I love E.T. Oh, man. So, well, it's more than trilogy. I love Star Wars. So can I say that? I'm a big, big Star Wars fan. There's so many. I can't narrow it down. I could just keep listing films like I'm some sort of library. I'm like a Netflix catalog. <laughs> it's funny because whenever I think of 80s, I always forget that like two of the Star Wars movies are in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. You never really think about that, mm. especially like Empire Strikes Back. That's the one that you never think of as an 80s film. Hands down the best one as well. Yeah, it was great. Yes. So that's uh, Food for Thought. that's something right what what do we get for that I don't know I just like people I just like making people say lists and then see what happens because I've got some I've got some controversial takes because whenever people tell me their favorite 80s films because I'm not like too fond of the Goonies what I never saw it as a kid no so I only saw it for the first time when I was like in my 30s and uh, I was like oh it it was like it wasn't uh, what I Whatever. Everything is brilliant as a kid. Like, you know, the labyrinth. And then you see it as a kid, you're like, wow, this is great. David Bowie's so cool. And then you watch it as an adult, you're like, I can really see his balls, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That is the main takeaway from Labyrinth. Because if you didn't say it, I was going to. Yeah, he's got yeah. a massive dick. He's got all the balls. <laughs> yeah, yes, um, yeah. It's still, to me, a very odd choice. Yeah. Because that had to have been a choice, right? Like, in the costume department. When they were filming, people on set had to be like, like, we 
we can totally just see the outline of your dick, dude. Like, I mean, <laughs> put on a jock or something. It was intentional, the, surely. The one one person we haven't mentioned uh, that has a big influence on us. On our uh, lives. On our lives in every, every way. His 80s catalogue especially is Tom Hanks. So things like Big, you know, Joe versus a Volcano. We, we always wanted to be called Tom Hanks as a band. Yeah, well, one of our, before we actually toured with one of our old bands, we came up with a, a little band that never took to the stage called Versus the Volcano because of Joe versus the Volcano. But for a while, we just did, we wanted to call ourselves Tom Hanks because we just wanted to get on stage and I just wanted to say, I'm Tom Hanks. <laughs> We're Tom Hanks. So it just, it became a thing. So Tom Hanks is close to our heart. Yeah, but that would be a nightmare for search engine optimization. Because yeah. if people type Tom Hanks into Google, your band would be on page like 4,000. Yeah. I mean, for, if we would have started it 13, 14 years ago, you never know. We could be top of Google right now as Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks the band could have been way up there. That's true. Yeah, Tom Hanks the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really like an expert in SEO. I just like talking about it like I am. You made it believable. I was there with you. <laughs> yeah. I've never I've never been good at it. The, like the joke is like if I type in my stuff, I never find me, but early on, maybe it was in the year 2013 or 2014, Droid Bishop sent me a Droid Bishop shirt and I put on that shirt and posed like with a picture like just for like my whatever social media and now like if you type in droid bishop you'll get like a picture of me (laughs) wearing the shirt and like that's like the best seo i've got and it's like not even for me you know like it's for somebody else (laughs) although amazingly there was this awesome time just a few years ago it was in la and zach robinson who used to be a a synthwave artist called dad and he does the music for cobra kai the series yes yeah, yeah and they did like a live show of Cobra Kai. I think after the first season, they did like a, a like a live music show. And I think Droid Bishop was there. And there was like some lady. I think they, they people in L.A. do this where they go to shows with like pictures to get like autographs from artists and stuff that they can sell. And uh, and she showed up to get Droid Bishop signatures, but with the picture of me, <laughs> because I guess she thought like I was Droid Bishop. And it's, this story still makes me laugh to this day because that means that lady wasted so much paper. And like, there's probably like just a garbage can in like Los Angeles somewhere with a bunch of like <laughs> glossy pictures of me. Like it's just trash. Or like even better, like somewhere in a little room in an apartment, she's got like millions of pictures of your face just as <laughs> wallpaper <laughs> next to her bed. <laughs> With, a, with like a neon sign above it just saying Droid Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the man now. Although that story sort of uh, paints the picture of someone who's going to murder me. Yeah. I feel like that's how that story ends. And, and if they make it into a biopic, we'll, we'll write the music for it. And we'll call ourselves Tom Hanks. That's it. What is the correct... I, my whole life I've always said biopic. But then people say biopic, and I don't know which one's correct. I mean, we say a lot of things weird, to be fair, because not only are we British, but we're from the black country. We're from the West Midlands, so we have the broadest accents. The West Midlands? Have I ever had a guest on from the West Midlands before? We're from Birmingham. Well, we're outside of Birmingham, <laughs> so we're from... Birmingham. So, in, um, have you seen Peaky Blinders? No, I've seen Doctor Who. Do they ever go to the... Midlands. <laughs> oh, I don't know. They I don't think they, do. like they, probably, to, do well, they? they fly everywhere in the TARDIS. Technically, is uh, is there any rock quarries in the Midlands? Yes. Yeah, so, so Ozzy Osbourne, Ozzy Osbourne is from accent, here. He's from where we are. So we we sound like Ozzy Osbourne, I suppose. Hmm. Sharon. Sharon. Um. <laughs> it's weird because when I think of Ozzy's voice, I never think of the accent. It, it's more just about how like unintelligible he is. Now that that goes with the accent that we're from as well. Yeah, I think. But- 
two and two together, but yeah. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Oh, good. Well, that makes one of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, but I tell you what else I understand is uh, the, the, the healing power of music. And so let's listen to some. <laughs> this was another collab you did yeah. on this album with Max Barker. And, uh, and this is a cool track. It's called It's Always Dark by Young Empress with Max Barker.
And that was It's Always Dark by Young Empress with Max Parker. I'm here with Young Empress, Robin and Bex. We're talking about the Midlands. It was the Midlands, right? Yes. Was, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes I forget. <laughs> I don't just forget things like that just happened, but sometimes I forget things mid-sentence. It's all uh, the magic of growing old. <laughs> we feel you. So, so wait, so what happens in the Midlands then? Is it like farm country? We're kind of half and half. It? We, we're, we've got a lot of sort of like pockets of, of countryside around us but we've got you know we've got access to the cities and towns in, it was in the, the area it was the heart of kind of the industrial revolution of the UK really wasn't it the Midlands yeah I mean the clues in the title really is that we're in the middle so we can get to everywhere mm. so we're by every motorway uh, every field every town and city we're kind of slap bang in the centre so that's quite handy and Part of uh, where where I'm living now, which is Shropshire, which is part of the Midlands, is kind of home to the base of uh, Lord of the Rings. There you go. Shropshire. Mm. I feel like someone's been on this show that's from there. I know that word. It could have been me just saying I was Tom Hanks. But... <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks is from Shropshire, I believe. Oh, wait, you mean is that where, like, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote his book and based the big open fields on? Elements of it, yeah. So there was um, the Two Towers was based on some architecture and around here and all the fields and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, so there's elements of the Midlands. Uh, and we're not far from Staffordshire which is obviously home of, of Mr. Shakespeare. So, yeah, we've got culture here, man, even though our voices sound weird. <laughs> I, I just read some trivia about Shakespeare the other day. He married Anne Hathaway when he was 18. Yes. Did he? Yeah. Did not know that. Not like the Hollywood, you know, so, actress yeah, so that. Turns out he was a time traveler, <laughs> and he traveled to the future while they were filming The Dark Knight Rises, and then he... Uh, <laughs> And saw that scene uh, with her on the bike and just went, yep, marrying her. Yeah. She's the lady for me. Yeah. yeah. Shakespeare was a real ass man. <laughs> <laughs> so he likes he likes watching women ride around on bicycles. So then, what what are you doing now, Robin? Like, you, if you're out in the field, like, are you working from home? Do you have an office nearby? Do you have a cool job? Uh, I don't have a cool job. I have a geeky job, but... Uh, the cabin that we're in at the moment that we're talking in it's kind of a, a mixture between a home office and a studio so I'm a graphic designer turned middle management now so I did have a cool job and now I tell people to do cool things do you feel that though do you feel like man I want to be like hip and young like these go-getters or are you enjoying walking around like holding a mug firing people <laughs> um, well I've tried to grow my hair recently which is is failing quite badly so I feel like I've hit that point of I still want to be young but I'm not quite young so uh, the way that I'm I'm channeling my energy at the moment is through Young Empress and, and, and through your hair and my hair. <laughs> my hair went grey, so there, I can't really do too much to uh, to that. Because if you dye it, once you start getting older, you can't really dye your hair, or else you look like a vampire. <laughs> that's true. Well, if, if you're a guy, if you're a guy, I mean, like yeah, that's because yeah. like, once you start to have like age lines and stuff, and then like, because you ever seen those fucking crazy old guys when they're like fucking 60, 70 and they dye their hair just jet black and they just look like demons? They look like Christian. <laughs> from like a vampire version yeah man like it's just you're not yeah. supposed to do that <laughs> I love it I think they're my favourite guys <laughs> so when I spot them out and they're wearing like their cowboy boots and they've got their jet black hair and they're like 100 years old I'm like that's my man <laughs> I'm going after him. Hold me back. Yeah, there's nothing more appealing. Just like a just a terrifying looking person. <laughs> what about you then, Bex? What's uh? Oh, I hear a dog. A that's dog. my dog. Yeah, that's Col that's Colin. That's Robin's dog. 
<laughs> he's uh, he wants in on the action. Bless him. Um, me, my my day job. Um, I am uh, a teacher by trade. Yeah, when I flunked out of uni, I thought, well, become an educator. Let's go and feed young minds. So yeah, I went into high school teaching, and then now I just work in education in general, sort of helping young people get back on the right track. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice to know that people out there have noble pursuits. Yeah, education is a noble pursuit. Yeah, I mean the concerning thing is that Bex is is responsible for moulding the young minds of the future. Yeah, that's the worry. Um, <laughs> you guys sound like good people, though. <laughs> we sound like good people. <laughs> Like I said, there's a level of us that are are just pure idiots. So if you go through our social medias, you'll see 95% of the content that we put out online is just us prattling around, really, and being and being stupid. We tried the sensible thing there for too long of like keeping up this sort of corporate thing of a band of like, oh, this is how you need to have your photographs done, and this is how you need to look and sound and speak, and it sort of takes the personality out of it a little bit. So I think when myself and Rob just like relaxed into it, we're like, this is who we are. This is how we speak, and this is what we like to do then everything just became just a lot more enjoyable instead of sort of like dancing to somebody else's fiddle yeah well if you enjoy dancing to somebody else's fiddle you can join TikTok yeah <laughs> that whole thing is man you just listen to other people's fiddle music and dance and see if you can get views that's my that's my next video it's going out like within the next few minutes you wait <laughs> well I mean ah, fucking TikTok so <laughs> I don't know why I do this to myself I bring it up and then get mad that it was brought up and it's like <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like my fault in 2020 you released your album and uh, talk to me about that well we'd been working up to it hadn't we we'd, yeah. we'd put out some singles we knew that the next sort of move was to make a bit of a collective and, and, and get all of our tracks together and throw some new material on as well we've been working through some of the collaborations like with uh, Max Parker and Sunglasses Kids and we were just excited to just kind of see where it went so we thought, well, it's album time, let's go. It was the next logical step for us to, to put an album out. So we worked for months on it to make sure that we'd got the right tracks on there. So it was just a case of choosing the right songs, you know, and then doing the fun stuff like making the artwork and seeing where we wanted it to go and just spending time making sure that we were completely happy with it before we threw it out. So took a long time but yeah it's here and, and we're pretty pleased with what we've done so far so when you guys were in other bands do you, do you have like funny pictures do you guys have funny looks have you always looked the same or did you have like a phase where you had like all like dyed hair and like spikes and stuff oh we've gone through some looks i think we're con- our looks constantly changing yeah I mean, especially through lockdown when no one could get a haircut. Let's leave that there. I think <laughs> if people want to go back and find photos of us, they can do. But I think they'd probably scream mm. um, with excitement, with excitement, yep. <laughs> and, and sexual tension. No, I think uh, you know Bex has been we, relatively relatively lucky with the fact that she's quite a good looking lady. Whereas with me, I kind of hide behind looks to try. You and, are also a good looking lady. I am a good looking lady. Yeah. But, um, no, sure. No. I mean, we've we've made some bad choices. We're not going to lie. <laughs> we've had some questionable haircuts and some bad fashion moves. But I like to look at it all as progress, lessons learned, and here we are now. Uh, we've survived. <laughs> we've survived our little emo punk rock periods and our yeah, little hipster indie scene. Yeah relatively unscathed so yeah success i've been cutting my own hair now for two years i guess when the hell did covid start i'm still cutting my own hair it looks insane but like (laughs) the key is because i use the clippers 
that the sides and the back. And then I basically cut it so that if I put in styling product, it looks like a haircut. That's the best way. It's cut to be designed to look like a haircut. So like, oh, you know, there's bits where I fucked up or there's like chunks or whatever. I'm like, oh, but if I just give it a little messy look and just kind of put these hairs over here and stuff, then it looks like a haircut. But then the second I like have a shower or wake up the next day, then you see like what I've actually done and it's not great. <laughs> I tried it once during lockdown, cut my hair too short, uh, realized the mistake I'd made, had to grow it out a little bit more, then go to a hairdresser's. They looked at my hair and just kind of sighed with disappointment. <laughs> Well, at this point now, I'm like, fuck, I'm two years in. Like, unless I have, like, some really professional event to go to, I'm probably just going to keep cutting my own hair. The clippers cost 60 bucks. That's Canadian. That's, like, two pounds. <laughs> You're going up at the sides and the back, and, like, I, I have fucked up before, like, where I put the setting a little too low, and then, like, I was like, ooh, because then you, you find out how fine your hair really is. It's another exciting thing about getting old. Apart from that, I think I'm, I finally got it where I do a pretty good job. Maybe you got to touch it up a bit with makeup here and there where you <laughs> cut a chunk out or whatever but uh, that's only for photos so and you wear hoodies right you put a hood over your head there's just so many things you can do i'm learning all the secrets there's always a hat <laughs> 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 that should be some like catchphrase for something, but I don't know what. There's always a hat. We'll do you a merchandise t-shirt. We'll send it to you that says there's always a hat. And then in six years time, somebody will come with photos of you with that t-shirt thinking that you're <laughs> to a young, young empress. empress. And go, are you young empress? <laughs> Actually, that's a funny idea for an image. Like a guy with just some crazy ass haircut and the fucking shirt just says there's always a hat. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. It's a meme. I'm making memes over here. We'll send you one. All right. He's a, he's a meme, meme machine. Yeah, get, get one of your employees to do it. Just walk in one day and just be like, listen, man, Andy needs a fucking meme, so let's go. But anyway, look, the point is this, because uh, there's no way to segue out of that. Let's listen to some more music. I want to listen to the track Home by Young Empress. I think I got away with it again. Close my mouth and spoke to you. Anyone but the 
And that was Young Empress with the track Home. And I am here right now with Young Empress, Robin and Bex, talking about home haircuts and shirt ideas. <laughs> and uh, we're here in the Midlands, just enjoying ourselves. Does the sound of cows ever end up in the recordings? They may have done. Yeah, well, we just try and brush over them as best we can. To just- be honest, with, with a bit of auto-tune, they can, they can almost sound as, as good as my vocals, so that's fine. <laughs> what does a cow sound like? Auto tuned. Someone must have done that. Well, let's let's give it a go now, should we? <laughs> we'll, in our next in our next track, you'll hear. <laughs> How about the dog? Does the dog ever start barking when you're recording? Yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh... <laughs> There's no simple way to put it. He's an idiot. <laughs> I have a, a dog neighbor upstairs who seems to bark whenever I turn the microphones on. Which leads me to believe that either my my interface or my mics are giving off some sort of high-pitched signal because it almost happens moments after I... Like, everything's all set up. Oh, time to record. Fucking turn the mics on. Then all of a sudden... And it just will, and it will bark. I think it was one of those dogs that was, like, rescued from someplace. So it will just bark for, like, five hours straight. Which is fun. I prefer the idea that this dog's just an arsehole. Every time you try and record, he's like, I'm going to ruin your life. (laughs) The one thing that always fascinates me is like some dogs can bark for five hours. And I know obviously their, their vocal cords are different than human beings, but you'd think that they would run out of power, like that their voice would start to get scratchy or whatever. But I think that maybe barks come from like a different place. I mean, I think they've got like a little, a little pocket of lozenges maybe um, in their, one of their saddle, <laughs> saddle bags. And they just like pop a little mint every now and again. and be like, that's refreshing. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> brew a cup of throat coat tea. And <laughs> so then what's, uh, what's the future hold for young Empress? Do you have any cool plans? So we are looking at how we can take this on the road now, aren't we? Yeah. How we can take it live. And hopefully, if COVID can just, you know, piss off now for a while, mm. we can start playing some live shows in front of some lovely, lovely people. Some real humans. Yeah, we've missed it. We haven't played a gig for ages and we have never played a gig as Young Empress. Everything we've done has been studio electronic shows. studio stuff and then just like streaming and YouTube and stuff. But all we're doing now, we are just like knee deep in tech and trying to figure out how we play this. We're rehearsing and just going through everything that we've we've written over the last 12 months, 18 months, and just trying to find a way to make it work on, on stage. That's what we want to do. We've got to hit the road. Yeah, so then as a pianist, do you prefer to use full-size keys? Does it muddle your hands up if you're using one of them little tiny keyboards? I definitely prefer something bigger than like a really small synth, but like... It'd be weird if I, like, cracked out a baby grand on stage. Like, here we go. <laughs> like, I don't think that would work. But, yeah, it, it is weird, actually, playing on, on smaller keys when you're trying to do certain things that we've put into the music, at least. And you forget, actually, when you do things electronically, you forget, actually, what you've played, and then you have to relearn everything, hmm. and that takes time. But I don't always plan to play keys on stage. We've got some um, awesome session musicians that have been rehearsing with us so that I can move around a little bit and have a bit more freedom with the vocal. I've been throwing out some of the synth lines to them. So they're going to be helping me out from what we've been planning so far, at least. Ooh, so you're in the planning stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, We've got people. We've got people. (laughs) Nice. Well, that's exciting. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, we didn't answer then as quickly as we should. Yeah, we're really yeah, we excited. Are, we are excited. It's we just, there's, there's a lot, obviously, we don't want to do it where we, we just 
fully playing to a backing track not that there's anything wrong with that but because we like I said we come from a band background and playing with that we were like we want to get some sessions we want to play this as, as live and as real as we can there's nothing wrong with playing to a backing track of course and there's going to be times where there might be smaller shows where it might be just me and Beck and we have to do that but with that comes with a lot of complications trying to figure out who plays what what goes in the backing track you know because there's going to be elements because like Beck said we've written about 80 parts of 80 synth parts that we've got to figure out how we actually do this live so yeah there's a lot there's just a lot of figuring out at the moment but we're in the exciting phase of let's hit the rehearsal studio and start getting this live show ready yeah well that's exciting stuff who are these session musicians you just were you uh writing more uh ads in the paper or whatever for like named people oh yeah that's the thing isn't it? Uh, but they're our friends they're they're just people that we have we've accumulated over the years and we, they just so happen to be instrumentalists themselves i mean there is another davis that comes and helps us out every now and again anthony he does some of our video work for us and he plays drums for us on the occasion so yeah it was part of again part of the advert process that we put out there to people we may know if you've got davis as a surname you can come and be our session otherwise you know piss off just don't, wait, wait, wait. Just don't bother there is another Davis? <laughs> there is another Davis. Unfortunately, not an R Davis. We've got an Anthony Davis who uh, who works with us, yeah. No relation? No relation, just Davis, Davis, and Davis. <laughs> what? What the fuck's going on in the Midlands, yeah. man? Is just everyone's last name Davis? Is that the way it is over there? Yeah, it's about, just, um, about 200 years ago, everyone just used to have sex with each other. And, uh, it's inbreeding is what yeah. it is. <laughs> you, you all don't look the same, right? Oh, no, we're absolutely identical. <laughs> So this like no, turns no. out that there's like this whole like DNA thing and you actually are all connected. There's a weird connection with me and Bex actually. We do know each other from kids that we didn't realise. So we actually met each other as children. But didn't realise through friends of friends and didn't realise we knew each other but No, we were know. telling the same story one day and he was like, I used to know a guy like that and I was like, Yeah, his name was blah blah blah. Mm. It's like, Yeah, that was his name too and they were like, Whoa, and then it turns out the friend that I had lived in the same street as Bex as a kid, and we used to play together when we were kids. And his name was Robert Davis. <laughs> <laughs> That's him. His name was David Davis. Yeah. <laughs> he was the ultimate Davis. Fucking Davis cubed or whatever. <laughs> what a, that doesn't make sense. All right, well, look. We can, <laughs> makes perfect sense. We can probably wind down, but I want to listen to another song, and then maybe we can wrap it up. So I want to listen to this one. It's called 1428. You say 1428, right? Or do you say 1,428? <laughs> no, we say 1428. You right. did say 1428, but now we say 1,428. <laughs> From well, this day onwards. Yeah. Well, let's do it. This is, uh, this is 1428 by Young Empress.
And that was Young Empress with the track 1428. And I'm here right now with Young Empress. We've just been chatting today with Bex and Robin, uh, the Davises. We've just been uh, hanging out, having a good time in the Midlands. Uh, They're prepping for live shows. Uh, They got their session musicians, and this is me acting as though I've listened. But yeah, we could probably wind it uh, wind down here. But is there anything you want to talk about that we didn't talk about? I think we've covered it all, haven't we? We're just honestly really excited about you know to finally have the album out and to, for the people that have listened in because genuinely the people that get in touch with us and comment on our videos and send us little messages are the sweetest people. And we've made some really good friends as well along the way yeah. to, with the artists that uh, we're working with and people that have just generally got in touch with us. And we generally have a good laugh with all of them. There's some some good people. So yeah we appreciate all like the streams and the likes and stuff but we'd always encourage everyone to go and check out the people that we've been working with as well because they are some really awesome musicians so go and just have a listen to everyone everyone everywhere ever (laughs) and i just think yeah we we feel super lucky and just super happy we found this little community and i say little it's growing you know every day and it's getting bigger but i just echo what beck said we're super happy and hopefully here to stay for a while what i do find about uh, your music which is what i like is i I like interesting lyrics because i find you know a lot of people when they join this scene there are certain cliched lyrics and uh, things like that that seem to pop up and so I, I do notice even though like I'm not the kind of person who really absorbs lyrics like all at once for me it's always like bad lyrics that stand out or sort of cliches and things jump out at me. Yeah. And so when that doesn't happen, it's always nice, you know, like when I'm like, oh, this is like an interesting song, you know, instead of uh, listening to like the 200th song about going to the arcade or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. there's these things that just sort of happen. So, you know, I enjoy your stuff. It's uh, when it comes on in the iTunes, I can actually point out and say, hey, that's Young Empress, because there's some artists who I listen to and I couldn't tell you who the hell they are. Yeah. Now that's cool. Thank you. And I mean that we'll we'll make sure our next track is called "Going to the Arcade" for you. Yeah, so. just literally call it "Going to the Arcade." <laughs> I can also I can give you other lyrics as well. But uh, yeah, send them through. We'll we'll crowbar them in. Somewhere. I, I can't just wait to get going on. Uh, There's always a hat. Yeah, do it, man. There's always a hat. It'd be a wicked song. <laughs> no, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. The point is, you make cool music. And you make cool shows, you know. We're going to throw the compliment back at you. We, li- we listen, man. Like, honestly, really early days, we were writing stuff separately. We'd been separated by COVID, and I was taking a long walk around the block listening to uh, your podcast, and it come up. It was one of the first episodes I'd actually stumbled across. Um, and I think at the time you were talking to Patrick Fakeman, mm. and you were just chatting about how you... You like to get to know people instead of having to go through, you know, through their labels and through their PR. You just want to drop people a message and say, hey, let's have a chat. Let's call my podcast and stuff. And so when you reached out, I was like, yes. I was so tempted to go, can you talk to my label, my representation? <laughs> <laughs> I really haven't got the time for this. No, but <laughs> it stuck with me a little bit. So, yeah. We're big fans, man. We like you a lot. Fucking labels. Like, I just don't have time. Like, to me, like, I enjoy the fun of chatting with people and, like, meeting new people and stuff. And so, like, anything that's, like, an impediment to that 
just seems to me like a, it's just a frustration. Now, to be fair, I get it, right? I mean, there's some artists that are probably like inundated with like thousands of messages, and so it's nice to have someone sort through them for you. So, like, I, it's not like I don't understand why it happens, but when you, whenever you have to deal with another person in the middle, it just makes everything take so much longer. The people we are, though, as well, I think if it ever got to that point where we're having thousands of messages, it'd be like Ringo Starr, where we'd just always ensure that we replied back ourselves, but we'd be doing it for the next 25 really generic years. messages. Yeah. yeah. It's like, peace and love, but no. Because we're with you as well, you know. There's that, there's that piece of human interaction and the whole reason we love this community is because we can have conversations like this and talk with people who genuinely really like what we're doing. And you won't stop Robin anyway. He's the three o'clock, you know, texter. Uh, yeah. He'll, he's going to get you in the middle of the night. <laughs> Whether you've got representation or not, he's coming for you. I'll come feel like Freddy Krueger on Instagram. <laughs> well, the point is, all right, we all had a good time today, right? Yeah. yeah. You guys have got some practicing to do or you got some bed to go to. I guess it's, I don't know, do you guys go to bed early? Are you early bed people? Um, well, we both got children, so we're probably to a point of the, the moment we can get sleep whenever we can. Yeah. We'll, um, grab, it. we'll <laughs> grab it. But, uh, no, we've got some things we, we need to do this side, a little bit of rehearsing. We've got some band admin to do before the night is finished. Ooh, admin! <laughs> yeah, sexy admin. Since I had children, I don't think I've actually slept a proper night in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't I work. thought about that the other day. And I was like, I don't think I've slept through the night for 10 years. Well, I wake up at least four or five times. And then like when they get, I don't know how old your kids are, but like my, you know, my oldest is 10 or 11. Shit, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go with 10. And, uh, and you know, then, then they would go through that phase where they finally like, oh, they don't want to like crawl into your bed anymore. And then that takes a while, and then occasionally they'll still do that, and then they just, like, kick you in the balls. <laughs> Both of my kids had this move where they would be fast asleep, lift their legs straight up in the air, and then just bring it straight down on my crotch, like, without even looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got we've both got two year olds, uh, pretty much a couple of weeks apart when from from when they were born. So mm. uh, we understand each other's we, pain. <laughs> yeah, and we're as we're each of the support network. And my little lad is currently in bed uh, sleeping with us at the moment and doing those exact moves. Andy, it's crazy. Like they just they can magically like find it. It's fascinating. Although I did discover. It was like a. It was like last year. You ever taken melatonin? Uh, no, I haven't taken melatonin, but I know what melatonin is. Yeah. Yeah, it works. But then you have these crazy fucking dreams. You don't have to take much. It's it's fascinating. And then I took it. I'm like, oh, and I got all this kind of buzzing in my hands and feet. I'm like, ooh, this is nice. And then I fell asleep. And then had the most vivid, terrifying nightmare. But I did stay asleep. And then I just woke up and was like, I don't know how I feel about this because I did sleep. <laughs> but I was like, it was a really bizarre dream, but it was very vivid and, and horrifying. Uh, so the next time I took like half a pill, it helps you sleep. <laughs> well, isn't it? It's what the sun gives off, isn't it? It's the hormone that when you absorb sunlight, it, it's what the body makes from that, right? It's turned into a science lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all about science. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm Canada's foremost science uh, uh, communicator. <laughs> <laughs> science communicator, I like it. That's the, is that the correct penned term? I think so. That's what you call those people like Bill Nye and stuff, you know, if they're not necessarily a science and scientist in a specific field but like their duty is to convey science to the public because it's all very nerdy and hard to understand it's album two if nothing else young emperor science communicator yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> first track is there's always a hat yeah, yeah. track is going to the arcade <laughs> as you can tell I, I find it difficult to say goodbye to people <laughs> you've got attachment issues now yes <laughs> this is why like the end of the show is always just a bunch of gibberish because this is like at any moment now Andy's just going to say goodbye and hang up but for some reason getting to that point is weird so well hopefully if we if we wait another 10 minutes the internet will probably fail this end anyway so that's uh, yes but the listeners don't have to know about any of that but i will tell them now we have suffered numerous uh, communication failures but with the beauty of editing no one will ever know except for that part where you just said it and gave the game away <laughs> <laughs> we can cut that though yeah. <laughs> you know I, I can't edit this show but uh look, the point is uh you have a a lovely british evening uh, have fun with that administration uh administrative duties and what else uh and uh, and i look forward to uh, hearing more young empress and hopefully you guys can get out there in the new year and uh, play some shows yeah really exciting thank you for having us yeah cheers dude thanks a lot Alright, and that was my conversation with Young Empress. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. I've been thinking about it, and I know that the family shows do take me longer to produce, but there is part of me that wants to get through the 90s review shows. Like, I don't want to quit, but I also don't want that to take another year. (laughs) And I would honestly love to do some other decades. I know we talk about it, and I know, uh, you know, one of you mentioned in the letters there about uh, when we argue about the 80s versus the 90s, but I would uh, I would really like to do the Billboard hits of the 80s and the 70s even, too, uh, just for fun. I think that would also paint a better overall picture as well and give me more uh, context. But, uh, hey, man, that's, that's what the future's all about. But I am thinking about maybe doing more frequent family shows, and then we just get through this series. Because on one hand, you know, for people listening, like, oh, they're doing another 90s show but like when you're talking to the same people all the time you need some kind of catalyst for conversation right because i remember like sometimes we'd be recording family shows and we had nothing to say to each other and so you know it's nice to have a backbone for an episode that you can sort of like talk around and so that's why themes are important especially when you have like the same you know when you're talking to the same people it's nice to have a theme of some kind which keeps the conversation sort of grounded but anyway these are all things i'm thinking about but i'm also thinking about you all right so have a lovely day keep cool be safe and uh, tune in next time to beyond synth the best synth wave chat show there is thanks for listening Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.